We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're looking into the running back crystal ball on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We are two of the owners at Rotoviz, and we have out our crystal ball, Curtis. We're going to take a look into that, conjure up some running backs, and start thinking about the future tonight. How are you doing? Doing great, man. Can't wait to uh, continue this exercise. If you want to get caught up and you didn't catch us earlier this week, we did. Uh, talk about several interesting ranges in the wide receiver position group. But as you said, this episode's all about running backs, and we're going to dive right in with. <laughs> Sorry for the delay there on the sound drop. The FFPC stat attack for this episode is actually on one of the players we'll talk about in the episode, Javante Williams. Now, we talked about some of his advanced stats uh, that we called out from the Advanced Stats Explorer a couple of months ago. One we did not mention is his elite level in yards after contact per rush. We talked about his evasion percentage and broken tackle percentage in that episode. But did you know, Dave, that with running backs who had a minimum of rushing, of rushing attempts of 100 in 2021, uh, that Javante Williams was actually tied for second at the position with Jonathan Taylor at 3.3 yards after contact per rush, trailing only, of course, the godfather in this category <laughs> last year, Rashad Penny. Uh, we won't talk about that. We won't get derailed because uh, everyone knows how much I love uh, Penny. Uh, but but Williams certainly going to be a central figure in uh, uh, today's episode. Uh, just a reminder, uh, the FFPC stat attack brought to you by myffpc.com, uh, the home of uh, high stakes dynasty football, high stakes redraft football, and and now several interesting tournaments as well. Of course, Rotoviz famously taking the first and second spots in last year's best ball tournament. We'll try to run it back again this year. Uh, they've upped their jackpot uh, and prize pool. For that contest, $200,000 now at stake to, to first place. You can check out the Rotoviz Dynasty uh, Triflex format over on the site as well. And of course, if you're a Rotoviz subscriber who's never played on FFPC platform before, uh, you'll actually get a nice little bonus deposit uh, when you join the site. So check it out, myffpc.com. <laughs> 
All right, Curtis, let's get to these running back groupings. Uh, Javante Williams will be in this grouping. One of the most interesting players in fantasy. I think there's so many managers whose success could be hinging on Williams over the next season or two. We're going to look at him in a group that includes DeAndre Swift, Aaron Jones, Saquon Barkley, Leonard Fournette, Javante Williams. It's an interesting mix of offenses there and interesting mixes of ages. As we start to look forward to 2023, break down for me who are going to be the guys that from a redraft perspective are the highest on boards next year. And then from a dynasty <sighs> perspective, who you think will have the most value as we head into next year. Man, what what a tough group to break down, uh, especially in redraft. Uh, we're talking about RB, let's see here, RB8 through 12 Yep, uh, is where these guys are going in redraft right now. Quick thoughts on each player, and then I'll give you my pick. Yep. So DeAndre Swift, uh, I think the, the reason for optimism with Swift is, you know, he's been, uh, he's been productive in the receiving game. Um, and we expect the Detroit offense to take a step forward as they've invested heavily in their passing attack. That should lead to, uh, you know, more um, neutral game script passing in general. You know, it would be signal that the team would like to do that, which means Swift would have even more routes run hypothetically. Um, and then, you know, we really only need to see health uh, for this player to see him take a step forward uh, for Aaron Jones. Uh, a, a big step forward in the receiving game, a possibility after the team loses Devonte Adams. Um, you know, we've we've tweeted out various iterations of our uh, game splits app queries on Aaron Jones's production with and without Devonte Adams, and man, he smashes uh, without Devonte Adams over the past couple seasons. And so, you know, I I think a couple episodes ago I said range of outcomes top three running back this season. Aaron Jones and redraft. And, you know, if he were to hit that, I think that would prop him up going into 2023. Although we have the questions about Rogers playing year to year at this point, Saquon Barkley, man, again, I think it comes back down to health. Um, I like what the team has with Brian Dayball coming over uh, Kadarius Tony in year two, investing in Wandale Robinson. I think there's reasons for optimism in the New York offense, but they still have some question marks at quarterback, big question marks at tight end. I think, the team could lean on Barkley a lot this year. The question will be, is his body up for the challenge? Playoff Lenny, Leonard Fournette, uh, he's he's set to really just totally smash this season, but, you know, Brady leaving would totally change the outlook, and, you know, we, we're going to have age questions for him next year. And that brings us to Javante. Now, we wanted Melvin Gordon to leave Denver so that these running back touches could be consolidated. Amongst the backs that we've talked about, Javante certainly has... Uh, the most talented backfield running mate in Melvin Gordon um, with a, in terms of career perspective and Aaron Jones, you know, dealing with AJ Dillon, but there's more of a, uh, a clear delineation in terms of their duties in green Bay. Whereas there's a little bit of just kind of, you know, one, two punch with Javante Williams and, and Melvin Gordon uh, doing some of the same things and doing them at a similarly effective uh, way uh, from a fantasy perspective anyway. So here, that brings us to, you know, actually my picks. For redraft, I'm going to plant a flag here. I'm going to say Saquon Barkley is going to have the highest redraft ADP next year. I believe that he will stay healthy. I believe that Brian Dayball will uh, mean good things for the New York Giants offense. And I think Barkley will be a volume monster. He'll still be young enough not to get faded 
and and redraft next year. You know, we see a player like Dalvin Cook still hanging on to first round ADP despite uh, equal questions around his availability and, and longevity. Uh, Saquon, um, I, I think, could get into that range next year. I just feel good enough about the the volume and the the talent. Uh, to make a bet there. Now, from a dynasty perspective, I'm not sure if all these players hit their optimal that Barkley could usurp uh, Javante Williams or DeAndre Swift if if all of these guys end up producing. Um, so I'm actually going to go a different direction uh, in dynasty, and I'm going to say DeAndre Swift uh, for dynasty, but it's less of a flag plant there. You know, I could see a path for Williams. A counter argument for Javante, despite his talent, despite the advanced stats that we shared at the top of the show, Russell Wilson's running backs, how much have they really ever been used as receivers? Um, you know, and, and if you're going to continue to have a, a talented second guy there uh, and you can't consolidate all that passing attack volume for the running back into this role, what is the true upside? Um, Russ isn't running as much as he did earlier in his career, but despite that, still not passing to the running back a whole lot. It's going to be interesting to see if that changes in a more creative, inventive Denver offense, but I'll kind of need to see it before I believe it, which is why I'm going with Swift. Dave, how do you see this? Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, For redraft, I do also think that you're going to see a pretty darn good season out of Saquon Barkley. Took me a while to come around and really settle in on this. You're always going to have the health question. I think that's a question you're going to always have with top-level running backs, because they get that much work, you're always going to have that concern. That said, though, Curtis, I am kind of planting a flag here on Javante Williams. This is what's going to happen. This season's going to go along. Javante Williams is still going to continue to be a very talented running back, given those metrics that we've seen. I think it's fair to say that's going to continue. I think that we also see Denver taking a progression forward as an offense as a result of Russell Wilson there being paired with some other talented players, especially in the receiving core. I think we see a couple of games this year where Williams gets the backfield all to himself. You see him putting up 20, 25, maybe even 30 points, has about five or so of those games. And then also towards the end of the season, Denver has to rely on him a little bit more. And then you see what Williams Uh. can do as a result of that. Even if it's a small stretch of games at the end of the season, fairly similar to what happened last year. You see that, that ADP skyrocket for him in both dynasty and redraft. So I'm going with Javante Williams as my answer to both of those questions, fully aware that this could be complete with, but I do think in more options than, or more possibilities than not, it does not become a complete whiff and it becomes closer to the prediction of him smashing. That's spicy, man. Um, mm-hmm. It's spicy. I could, I could feel the conviction um, you countered my lack of conviction on, on Javante Williams with plenty of it. Yep. So uh, we, we come away with some disagreement uh, in this tier uh, in terms of the crystal ball and, and, and what it says, but I think that's fine yep. um, because what we're dealing with here is two still very young, uh, formerly exciting uh, college prospects who have uh, probably half of their useful NFL life in front of them even after this season. And then you have Saquon, who's, you know, one of the best running back prospects of the best of the last decade. And can he do what a similarly talented prospect in Adrian Peterson did uh, so many years ago and, and come back better than ever uh, after, you know, after injury. So 
uh, I, I think the clear the clear thing, the clear takeaway here is we would both put Lenny at the bottom of this uh, mm-hmm. for both formats. Um, yep. Let's get into a, let's get into another tier here. Sure. So bit of a gap here um, where we have some other players like James Conner, Alvin Kamara, who Nick Chubb, all older. I wanted to to get a little bit more youth in here. Um, David Montgomery, J.K. Dobbins, Josh Jacobs, Antonio Gibson, and Elijah Mitchell. Running back's a hard Pass. position to do this with, man. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> Pass. I don't. I don't want to talk about any of these guys. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Okay. So. Okay, it's going to be J.K. Dobbins for redraft and dynasty. Let's move to the next year. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I did, like make make a case uh, make a case for any of these other players. Yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to. Yeah. What I will say, just to add a little bit of color here for J.K. Dobbins, over the weekend I was looking through some tools, cleaning things up. Um, took a took a bit more of a look at, at J.K. Dobbins and where he comes out in the range of outcomes tool. Now, if you remember, we saw 15 games from him in 2020, did not really get full run um, the entire season, but we did see a couple of good performances. Um, And then from week 11 on, when he started to get infused more into the offense, was over 13 points every week, had a 28-point game against Cincinnati in week 17, didn't get to see him last year. But based on what he did as a rookie range of outcomes tool really likes where he is, puts him far above what you get when you look at cam Akers' season from his rookie year, a number of other guys he's in that offense that we know is going to be run heavy, maybe the most talented player in that group as well. Uh, so it's just hard to not go his direction when you consider those factors. I think that's, that's probably enough color. We can yeah. move on. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's got the age advantage over all these guys. Um, you know, maybe in redraft, just maybe in redraft, you could make a case for David Montgomery. Um, if the Bears uh, take a step forward and Montgomery can hold off competition and convince this new regime that it still makes sense to feature him and the offense, you know, he can hold off a push from Khalil Herbert and the team doesn't invest a day one or day two pick at the position next year. I think you could make an argument for for Montgomery in, in that regard because he does have a, a prior or you know top five RB performance on his resume from a fantasy perspective. But Jacobs will be battling too much of the age issue, and um, people are going to see the light on him in the context of a Josh McDaniels uh, running back by committee offense this year. Uh, and Antonio Gibson, you know, we we cut up a little bit last week. Yeah. Um, I think it's just hard for him to take a step forward with the, that that running back room at this point. And then Elijah Mitchell, you know, we have some profile questions. Is it him or is it the system? And, you know, it's hard not to say it's the system with the Shanahan history, the team continuing to invest in other running backs, uh, you know, relatively early in the NFL draft. So this is this is Dobbins uh, unanimously in both formats uh, from the two of us. And, and I'll just give a special mention to Montgomery for redraft only. Nice. All right. The next group is an interesting one in that these a lot of these guys fall into like a similar bucket in my mind, if you will. You have A.J. Dillon, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Miles Sanders, Tony Pollard, and then the outlier in the group is Cordero Patterson. We might not even need to consider him here with it really just being more a question on Dillon, Edwards-Alaire, Sanders, and Pollard. We're driven by the search for better. 
But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whew. Yeah, that is a, that's a tricky group. Um, and that's, that's going to be a group that's, uh, oft referenced by our team as we get more and more right. into the roster management leagues and, um, you know, structural based drafting, uh, as the season approaches, man, I think the range of outcomes and rushing touchdowns scored, uh, for AJ Dillon includes the number 20 probably, but it also in- includes like the number six. <laughs> so, yeah. um, it's, it's just, man, he's just going to be, wh- what is he, you know, what, you know, I, I think you're, you're hoping for a LeGarrette Blunt type, you know, outlier season. He's not going to be featured in the passing game while he's not completely useless in that area. Aaron Jones is just better. Um, Aaron Jones is really and, good. And, and, yeah. And, and, and so, you know, I think AJ Dillon, you're hoping for a LeGarrette Blunt, New England Patriots season or, or Philadelphia Eagles season, pick whichever one you want there. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, disappointing so far, uh, in particular from a dynasty perspective. A lot of people drawing parallels to other Andy Reid backs in yeah. the past who took a, a little bit to to break out. You know, I've seen some pretty in, uh, compelling threads on, on social around Brian Westbrook in particular. We're going pretty far back into the time capsule for that to say that there People would be love any to parallels. do it with Andy Reid though. We always hear about these yeah. Andy Reid running backs, so no surprise. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean I you know there's examples of it not panning out uh for the players too. And you know Clyde Edwards-Helaire is looking more like a player who is propped up by Joe Burrow and surrounding talents and and is going to be unable to emerge um despite being propped up by similarly talented players in the context of the Chiefs offense. Sanders I, I, okay, so I think you could make a case for Dylan or Edwards. You cannot, I don't think you can make a case for Sanders in, in either format because of the the type of quarterback that he's playing with. Um, Pollard, man, you know, I'm going to want to push him to the top of the group uh, if, if Zeke were to continue to fall off. Um, and Patterson, like you said, I think he he's the clear five uh, in any version of this exercise. And, and his range of outcomes would include being, converted back to the wide receiver position for right. fantasy in 2023. So right. uh, we'll have to see what that means. Now, Pollard, geez, if, if he ends up not paying off yet again this year, um, you know, each year he's being drafted early and earlier as people try to predict the ultimate demise of, of Zico Elliott as the, the true bell cow in the Dallas offense. But at, at some point, what does a player get past his hype? Now we could argue that he would be just as good of a pick next year uh, with yet another year under Zeke's belt. But if he's, if he's in a bad pick at ADP in in hindsight this year, 
because the team stays married to to featuring Zeke and and Pollard still has a bit role. I mean, it's 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 debatable how the community would approach that. So what that's going to bring me to, I'm going to say AJ Dillon for redraft, and but I'm going to say Pollard for dynasty because I think the dynasty minded group is still going to say I, that one season that we would get from Pollard uh, could be elite in that Dallas offense. But I think Dylan is going to give the flashy stats um, and, and probably of this group is going to have the most projectable role week to week. Um, and, and that will matter for re, for redraft ADP next year. How do you see this group, man? I'm really interested. Yeah. So, when I look at this group, I see a lot of players where there's been a lot of hype. It continues to not really manifest. At the running back position, we know that as time moves along, your odds of making it, if you will, like almost exponentially decrease. And I think we're at the point where if you look at these players, the only one that has really done anything sustained, if you even want to call it that, is Clyde edwards alaire Plays in the best offense. I think also when I look at these and what the Chiefs did when they selected him with that first round draft pick, which in hindsight, not a very good pick. I think that his offense too is probably the least likely to go out there and grab a name really early. I would not be shocked if we saw some of these other offenses try to do that. Um, I'd love to say that Tony Pollard is going to be able to get that chance, but I think we've seen enough of the opportunity to come and not make it that even if Zeke does start to fall off, it, there's no guarantee that Tony Pollard then going into what will it be at that point? Year five, right? Ends up being anointed yeah. the guy. So I he may, would, he may not even be back in Dallas, <laughs> right? At which point a huge amount of that value really falls off. So Sanders, we haven't seen it from Dylan, I think is still going to be in this odd situation there with Aaron Jones. Now you make a great point about the possibility of him having this ridiculous touchdown season. The problem with that though, is I don't see even if green Bay scores a ton of running back touchdowns, him really being the recipient of you know something like 80% of those. So it's hard for me to project that. As a result, I default back to Edward Solaire, who's the player that's most positioned cool. to just have some type of contribution he can make this year, having you know you more usable weeks, even if they're not these big booms. Um, and then you're gonna, you know, carry that form into next year looking at him playing, you know, in the offense that he's in. Yeah, from a contract perspective and team situation perspective it's possible that he would have the highest floor yeah. uh, moving forward. And you could make, you could make the argument for highest ceiling, but I think there are just major talent questions there. Sure. Based off of what he's done so far, where Pollard and Dylan actually look like they're more talented players at the NFL level. So man, this is a really interesting group. Um, if Edwards Hilaire does end up at the top of this group, I think because of the talent that's here, it's going to mean he had a pretty exciting season. So uh, we'll have to see if your uh, prediction pays off uh, or if it really comes to fruition for, for Pollard. Well, let me ask Man. you this question though, Chris. Yeah. yeah. I see. I'm not sure that it has to be that exciting of a season because I, when I look at these names, I see all guys that could very easily have abysmal seasons. Do you not see it that way? 
Like I can see a lot of scenarios where Pollard, it's yeah. more of what we've seen. Sanders, more of what we've seen. And Dylan, more of what we've seen. Edward Delaire, more of what we've seen. Like what has really changed for any of these players that we're going to see much different than what we have already? Yeah, I th- um, it's not necessarily what is going to change on on day one. Yep. Um, all the, although the Packers camp is saying it's going to be more of an even touch distribution for the backs. I mean, we'll have to see if that plays out. It's yep. just summertime speak at this point. Um, but the the game scenarios where where Pollard has gotten twelve or more carries with or without Zeke in the lineup. Yep are just so exciting that if we Got get it. even a couple, even if we get a couple of those, you know, it's kind of the same thing that you were talking about earlier with Javante Williams, you know, seeing a couple of those 20 point, maybe even 30 point outbursts from him. Yeah. If Paul, if Pollard were to do that in the Dallas offense, um, it would be an, and Zeke falls off or Zeke, you know, it wouldn't necessarily have to be based off of Zeke falling off and, and Pollard like usurping his role. Mm-hmm. It could also be based off of Zeke, you know, being banged up. Um, however, if we just see that at all, sometimes not seeing more of it and being able to make the argument that it's it's the vo- the additional volume would lead to elite production and never having seen that elite volume, it's like the, the tantalizing unknown. Um, so I, I think for Pollard, it's not going to necessarily be the year-end raw counting stats. It's going to yep. be... You know, those game split, those game splits have been enough to keep him up to this level. I mean, geez, he's still going in the seventh round, despite never returning value anywhere close to that area yet. So I think it is that that hype is still there. And and I think that if he gets those, if he just gets one or two of those games this year, he's going to give us that production again. I mean, Dallas was like arguably the best offense in the NFL last season. So whoever's the running back there, I mean, you want to have exposure. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that's a really, really good answer. Um, and I, I definitely can see what you're saying there. So we're going to really, really quickly here go through these guys, which might be hard for oh, you. Man. You got Kenneth <laughs> Walker, Devin Singletary, Kareem Hunt, James Cook, and Rashad Penny. Wow. Kenneth Walker, Devin Singletary, Kareem Hunt, James Cook, Rashad Penny. Okay, for for redraft... Oh, my gosh. Um <laughs> <laughs> the Jeez. fact that Rashad Penny is in here matched up in this grouping with Kenneth Walker makes it even more difficult, right? Because then you have to kind of inform each player's outlook in the next year, given how they might interact this year. Man, um, I'm going to say... Ooh, I'm going to say James Cook for both. Um it's kind of a punt on the answer. Uh, I, I could easily see Seattle returning both backs again next year. <laughs> um, Penny, Penny on another one-year deal after um, getting some good volume, but I mean, that offense could be bad. Uh, it looks like Carroll's going to be around like into his mid seventies. It's kind of, it <laughs> uh, looks like what's going to happen there. Um, and so it, it could take a couple years for, for Walker to emerge as the, the bettable option there. Kareem Hunt um, is just getting up there enough in years that I think, you know, he's going to drop down another couple rounds, even with a pretty good season. He's going to drop into that Melvin Gordon territory outside the top 100 next year um, from an age perspective. Even if he remains a good redraft pick, I think that people won't see the upside unless he were to, 
you know, trade teams and, and go to a really exciting, you know, if maybe it goes back to KC <laughs> or something crazy like that, you know, yep. that would, all bets would be off. Uh, Cook has that, you know, he, he's almost has a chance to kind of like be the new Tony Pollard here um, where, you know, he had some things that were exciting about his college profile. He's going to have the receiving role in a high profile offense. Um, and even if he doesn't overtake Singletary this year, there will be questions about him doing that the following year from a dynasty perspective and, you know, Singletary and, and Moss and the rest of that cast of characters in that backfield um, may not be back in, in 2023. So I think um, Cook's ceiling is a little bit lower than if, if Hunt were to get a good free agent landing spot after this year, um, or if it became very clear that Walker or Penny was going to be the bell cow in Seattle. Um, but without being able to effectively solve for those questions, I'll take the player tied to the best offense um, here. Uh, and, and you know, all the presumptions around year two leap and all, all of those things uh, falling around with James Cook. I think Singletary is the, is the clear bet to fall to the bottom of this group yeah. in both formats as a result of that play. And uh, yeah, I think... Th- I, so I guess after talking through it, it's a little, it's a little bit clearer um, to me. However, I will say that James Cook redraft ADP being at the top of this group in 2023 20, uh, might be more tied to dynasty sentiment yeah. um, than, than proof of concept of the role uh, from actual NFL happenings at that point. Like it's very possible that Cream Hunt would still be a better redraft pick uh, or safer redraft pick next season than James Cook. It's it's still going to be that kind of upside uh, of, of the unknown. I, again, this is an unclear tier for uh, I think for many people. What are your thoughts? I'm curious to see if you see it differently like we did in the previous year. No, on this one to me, it's pretty definitively James Cook. You have the cannibalization between Kenneth Walker and Rashad Penny. I think that um, heading into Next season, the odds that you see Kenneth Walker having a very high stock in ADP are probably going to be pretty low because I think some people are going to be disappointed at the fact that he doesn't go in even with that early round investment by Seattle and is, you know, doesn't go in there and become a bell cow. Uh, Singletary's probably gone out of Buffalo next year in more scenarios than not. As a result, you have James Cook as the running back likely um, with a pretty good amount of separation between him and other backs on the depth chart in what's going to be the best offense on that list for both of the, you know, in both contexts, dynasty and redraft. That's why I would end up with him as the player that figures to be the most likely in this case. Any thoughts to add before we see everyone off? No, man, it'll be fun to come back uh, in a future episode with quarterback and tight end. We'll run through those quickly as there's fewer higher end options to talk about, but we hope you're enjoying this series. Um, it is reminding me, I think you talked about this in the first episode this week of those deeper crystal ball episodes, uh, the from scratch next year, dynasty ADP exercises I had done with some of our friends in the industry. So it's kind of inspiring me to want to do that again. It's a big undertaking. It is. So I'm not going to make, not going to make a promise, but it's kind of making me get the fever to do it. So we'll have to see. Uh, how I'm feeling after one more uh, episode of this with you. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. 
Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.